Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is JVB from the Post Game Report podcast. So E3 came and went, and it was all digital, meaning that everything was streamed. Like, for example, Xbox had a pre-recorded stream showcasing games that were going to be released this year and so forth. So let's start off with Xbox. Um, so there's no secret that when it comes to Xbox, I just don't really care about what the company is doing. Well, I shouldn't say company because I own stock in Microsoft, but the Xbox brand, they've been very disappointing to me for many years. And there's a history with me and Xbox and I've seen it at its pinnacle, right? When it was at the very pinnacle of its popularity, its success. So I don't want anyone to try to explain to me why Xbox is good. Maybe to you, you didn't experience what I did. And therefore, it is my opinion that the Xbox right now, for me, isn't up to snuff or snuff or snuff, whatever the, whatever the flock. So anyway, they showed 30 games or something, somewhere along that line. Some were, well, let me correct myself. A lot of them were cross-generation. There were some CGI trailers for games coming in 2022. And then there were a lot of multiplats. So they delivered, like, let's just say, if this wasn't a big year for Microsoft, I mean, with for Xbox, right? Because this was the year that a lot of people were telling me all over again, by the way, that, you know, Xbox was going to deliver and wow everyone. Well, if you had taken that out of the equation, this would have been a pretty good showing. To me, it was average. Not because it was Xbox, but because the games that were shown Nothing, nothing that was shown besides maybe Battlefield, which if you're into multiplayer games, that's going to be a very exciting game to play. But there was nothing there, nothing showcased. And, you know, once again, erase the whole hype factor behind this. So I don't want to blame this specifically on Xbox, but just as a whole, there wasn't really anything that made me want to go out there and purchase an Xbox or purchase the games that were shown on my PlayStation 5. Now, a lot of those are going to be PlayStation 4 and Xbox One uh, playable as well. So, yeah. I'm kind of rambling because I'm trying to prolong the whole E3 impression segment. But the fact is, not just Microsoft. As a whole, E3 itself was very lackluster. Gone are the days for obvious reasons. We had a freaking worldwide pandemic going on. So, the ESA and E3... Because the ESA is the one responsible for E3, and they're the ones benefiting financially because there's an E3. So, 
In reality, because of today's technology, Microsoft, Ubisoft, Nintendo, Sony, they can do their own shows at their own pace and showcase exactly what they want to showcase. The fact that Microsoft did something pre-recorded just tells you that they could have put that show at any time they wanted. They didn't have to put it at E3. So that's just an indication of the future for these types of events, for these types of reveals. I prefer it that way. It's never going to be the old E3 where we had these big competing press events from Nintendo, Microsoft, and Sony. And then, and they all happen mostly on the same day. Well, back in the day, it used to be Microsoft first, Sony second, and then Nintendo a few days later. Those were exciting times because everyone was talking trash and everyone had reasons to talk trash. There were games for everyone on either system. And then you throw in the cross-platform games. Gaming, you know, at that time was really exciting. People... People were still being fanboys and fangirls, but it was for the games. It wasn't, it w there wasn't this whole <laughs> odd attraction for Xbox executives. No one w was repeating what people from PlayStation were saying. No one was repeating what people from Nintendo were saying. For some odd reason, people repeat what the bosses at Xbox say, and they repeat it religiously. And they want you to believe it when they tell you this stuff. So up to, I'd say, seven years ago, we didn't have this. We had legitimate games coming out. We had an abundance of games coming out for any console that you wanted to represent. And then at the end of the day, once E3 was done, that was it. Everybody went back to their respective corners, played their games, talked a little trash occasionally on social media. But that was it. Now we have journalists jumping into the fold. We have Xbox executive and executives encouraging this type of rabid fan base behavior. And so... All of the focus was on Microsoft. And now all of a sudden Microsoft won. Well, they won by default because they showed the most games, the most variety. Once again, out of the 30 games, it could be less, it could be more. 80% of those games are coming out on different consoles. So, I mean, <laughs> if you look at what makes... Xbox, Xbox, the games were not plentiful. Like, for example, thus far, the only quote-unquote exclusive that released for Xbox was the Medium. Now, it has been reported that the Medium is coming out on the PlayStation 5. So, it was a timed exclusive. So, regardless, it is not available on the PlayStation 5 yet. So it is still exclusive to the Xbox Series X. Whereas Sony, they have released 
five games that are exclusively made for the PlayStation 5. So, this year, the only game that was built around the Xbox Series console will be the medium. Nothing else coming out this year, and that includes Forza Horizon 5, which is coming out sometime in November, Halo Infinite, and then, what's that other game? Flight Simulator something, right? They're coming out with a Flight Simulator game. Now, I'm not going to get into the whole performance, right? I'm not going to laugh at 30 frames per second. I'm not going to laugh at no ray tracing, uh, no ray tracing. None of that stuff really matters. I mean, it, it, it looks amazing when I play Ratchet and Clank, a rift apart or rift apart, whatever it is. And you put on 60 frames per second performance RT mode. It looks incredible, right? You are seeing a truly next generation title. Microsoft, well, Xbox, and I'm talking specifically the Xbox series, will not have that this year. They're going to go the entire first year without having a game that is going to showcase the power of the Series X. And so let me get back to E3 really quick because I got this whole rant regarding Xbox versus PlayStation because, well, let me get to E3. So, and it's going to be quick because E3, once again, if I had to rate E3 as a whole, it'd be a five. It would be average. After the Xbox press conference, I didn't, I didn't have any interest in seeing anything else. I wanted to see what Xbox was going to bring to the table. And if they were going to showcase some power, that is, you know, the big selling point for the place. I mean, for the Xbox Series X. They did not showcase that. And then what they did with Halo, that was a big, big disappointment for me. The game that I wanted to see the most was Halo. Halo Infinite. They really disappointed me what they did with Halo Infinite. They didn't show any single player footage. They showed a cutscene. And then during the multiplayer reveal, which is going to be free to play, so we know what free to play games are all about. They showed a bunch of highlights from obviously pro players doing these fancy tricks, you know, like no scope headshots and jumping in the air and sniping people at the same time. So in reality, 90% of the people who are going to play Halo Infinite are not going to be doing all that fancy shit that was uh, showcased in the highlight real video because nobody was actually playing it on stage. They didn't show that. They didn't show you how Halo Infinite multiplayer is really going to look like. They showed a bunch of replays. So we have a free-to-play multiplayer and then the campaign for Halo Infinite all they showed was a CGI trailer or maybe in-game. I'll say it was an in-game trailer 
using the engine. So it was an in-game trailer for Halo Infinite story uh, campaign. They spent about, I'd say, 10 seconds on that freaking Halo, I mean, on that campaign. And then the rest was this highlight reel for the multiplayer, and then that was it. It was done. It was like during the middle of the show, and I was like, wait a minute. They're not going to end the show with Halo? So I was expecting something huge. I was like, look, either they finish with one of the newer games that are in development from, let's say, Ninja Theory. Maybe they're going to show Hellblade 2. Or maybe they're going to announce something really, really crazy with Game Pass, like, hey, listen, Battlefield is going to be available day and date on Game Pass. Like, I was expecting something very impactful. But no, Phil Spencer tries to be Apple, and he goes, and one more thing. <laughs> he doesn't sound like that, but uh, yeah, that was a poor impression of Phil Spencer, by the way. <laughs> So he pulls the whole, and one more thing, thingamajig, and it's a freaking CGI trailer of, a, of an upcoming title that has no release date. So that was a disappointment, especially what they did with Halo. All right, so let's move on to <laughs> the video game community on social media, and I'm talking about mainly Twitter but I have to throw in YouTube as well because the what you see on Twitter also reflects, at least for me, what I see on YouTube because a lot of these YouTubers are you know you know they make they, they communicate with their community on social media and in this case is you know Twitter I'm sure some of them have discords, but. Content, well, not just content creators. I'm talking about journalists, people who work in media that cover video games. They, too, have taken to social media and YouTube. And the reason why I'm combining the two is because there's a lot of narratives that are very similar from the common YouTube creator to the so-called video game journalists and it's no mistake that or no coincidence that leading up to E3 you saw plenty of articles about how amazing Game Pass is and how bad $70 PlayStation games are but let's ignore the fact that PlayStation is not the only ones charging $70 for their games but let's ignore that let's just put PlayStation in the title because the fact is whenever you put PlayStation in the title of your video or your tweets it's going to generate interest that's the only way their content can generate enough interest to get some revenue if you take a look at all of the pro Xbox YouTube channels you will always see PlayStation 5 in the title, regardless of what the clickbait title might say. You'll see the same type of clickbait titles. You'll see something like amazing new Xbox information. 
new Xbox games coming. OMG. And then all of a sudden, PlayStation 5 is, is attached to the title for no specific reason. The same thing happens with these tweets. Like, for example, the writer at Forbes who covers video games put two separate articles talking about Sony specifically and $70 video games. Then it was actually in one of those titles for that specific article. It was uh, he was talking about Xbox and Game Pass, but had to throw in PlayStation. And once you do that, you're comparing the two. So I had a cool conversation with some people. And I'm talking about today. So we were talking about oh, E3. Like my friend Tony, a.k.a. Rami Death. You guys have heard him on, on PGR before. We're friends outside of video games. So he put that, you know, he felt that Xbox One E3. He put specifically Game Pass, which is true. If you look at the overall package of games uh, that are going to be available coming up, it's very, uh, I'm trying to find the proper word and then something distracted me. So, you know, brain injury, brain fart time. So when you think of Game Pass, you're going to have a lot of variety available coming up. So, yes, I'll admit that's a good thing. If you if you're subscribing to Game Pass, that's going to be great. Now, how many of those are going to be, you know, like available day one? That remains to be seen. But there were some games that were shown that are multi-plat that will be available day one, like Hades. Even though it's been out for quite some time on the Nintendo Switch and PC first, it's going to be available on Game Pass. And then it's going to go on sale for the PlayStation 5 and PlayStation 4. So that's the difference. I mean, we don't know if PlayStation might throw it in uh, for PlayStation Now or, I mean, not PlayStation, PlayStation Now, but PlayStation Plus. We don't know. But the fact, right? I like to base everything on fact. The fact is, it's going to be, and it has been officially announced, that it's going to be available on Game Pass. So for now, all I know is it's there at launch. Um, and I'm talking about at launch for Xbox and PlayStation. It's going to be on Game Pass. So there's no way around it. Nothing I can say is going to change that fact. And I'm going to bring up the word fact quite often. Because there's this weird epidemic. And I shouldn't say weird because stupidity has been around for quite some time. But... And especially in the video game community. But now the stupidity is showing within the media that covers video games. And it's quite disturbing because it's the same people. IGN, Forbes, Venture Beat, I think. I think. Or Games Beat, I don't know. So many new freaking websites. And the people that cover these video games for that those particular websites, they also want to become celebrities within the gaming industry. So they post these 
ridiculous clickbaity tweets knowing that as soon as you pit Xbox versus PlayStation, there's going to be a response. You're going to get the people that are going to adore you because you are choosing Xbox over PlayStation. Then you're going to get the people like myself who are going to question you as to how you came to that conclusion. And then, of course, people like me get blocked or ignored or vilified. Then you're going to get the extremists from the PlayStation side. And then, of course, sprinkled in, you're going to get people who are just going to call bullshit, regardless of which console they like. They're just going to call you out. So they know that this is a formula that works. And they know that regardless of what type of feedback they get, because it's on social media, they can easily either block or mute these individuals who are against them. Or who, like myself, would like an explanation, who, like, who would like to dig deeper into this thought process. Now, most of the time, there's a reason for them to make these ridiculous posts. It leads into an article that's upcoming, or they want to sell you something. So they want you to read the article. And then once the article is about a day or two old, then that's when they start blocking people because they still want you to read the article. So they're not going to block you right away. They'll ignore you. And then they'll tell you, read the article. See me, I read something stupid. The title is everything. If I, if the title offends me from an, from an intellectual standpoint, I immediately ignore it. I will not, Give them the benefit of a click. That's just the way I feel that I can have enough of an impact or I can impact them. Because no matter what I say, it's not going to really impact them. I can call them every name in the book. That's not going to impact them. I can even retweet and call them out. That's not going to impact them. The only way I can impact them is by not giving them a click. So that's how I think. I do it with YouTube. I do it with video game sites. But when you call them out, and you could do it respectfully, they're still going to block you. They will still vilify you. And so will their fans. So people in YouTube are doing the same shit. And those same journalists are also doing it on YouTube. So you're seeing a pattern here. I'm trying to paint a big picture for you guys so I can show you or in this case describe to you the narrative or the formula because I think I think I mentioned it in my last video uh, I do have a post game report video channel and I did say that if you want to become successful well naturally successful but if you want to get a quick 1000 subscriber count on your YouTube channel be pro Xbox and be anti PlayStation and I guarantee you that in within a few days you're going to get a lot of views <laughs> you're going to get followers and a lot of views and people know this shit people know this shit and they take full advantage of it and at the end of the day 
it's their pockets that they care about. They don't really care enough to say, look, I believe in this, and therefore my content is going to reflect on what I believe. No, they'd rather go for the YouTube revenue and the popularity, the retweets, the likes on social media. So yeah, some people just care about their own benefits. Like, there are so many people on YouTube. I mean, well, yeah, yeah, YouTube and Twitter. For example, Jim Ryan. So many people on the Xbox camp made all these videos about Jim Ryan lying and saying this and not doing this and blah, blah, blah. But then Phil Spencer came out and made this elaborate statement that they bring out the best quality games on the Xbox and no one called him out. Aaron Greenberg said 60 frames per second is going to be the standard. Meanwhile, they announced that Forza Horizon and Flight Simulator are going to be 30 frames per second. Now, Forza is going to have a performance mode for 60 frames per second. But the thing is, and this is why I bring it up, is because its radical fan base said, oh no, 30 frames per second with high fidelity is inexcusable. The Xbox will never do that. And guess what? It's doing that. So people like myself were having a field day, making, making sure that these people got a taste of their own medicine. So what I mean is like, for example, once again, uh, Spider-Man Miles Morales, uh, Returnal, Ratchet and Clank, uh, Astro's Playroom, even Sackboy, Godfall, right? These games had 60 frames per second. Some of these games had a, a, an option for 60 frames with ray tracing. And then others had the option of 30 frames per second with higher fidelity. Now, there are games that are available that have an option for ray tracing ray tracing that are cross-platform. So that means it could be played on the Xbox Series and PlayStation 5. So I'm not saying that the Xbox Series cannot do it, but for some reason, Forza Horizon 5 is not going to have it available on its most powerful console to date. And I don't care if it's cross-platform. I don't care. Some people have stated that it's, you know, too large of a scale for it to have it. No. There's no excuse. According to you guys. According to Aaron Greenberg. According to Phil Spencer, who once said, no compromise when it came to the power of the Xbox console. As a matter of fact, that was for the Xbox One X, and guess what? They don't even make it anymore. <laughs> they got rid of it because it was too close in performance to the Xbox Series S. So, Xbox right now and its extreme fan base, we see through you. We see all the bullshit you write on Twitter. We see all the crap that you post on your YouTube channel. And this goes for the journalists as well. And if some people are out there who don't believe that Microsoft, well, scratch that, Xbox. They don't believe that Xbox is capable of reaching out to influencers, to 
popular YouTube channels, popular journalists. Think again. Aaron Greenberg has been there for a very long time and is known to do that. As a matter of fact, me and another guy who I used to be buddy-buddy with, we had to go to uh, a, a, what they called it at the time. Uh, it was an influencer party or something. DJ Irie of the Miami Heat was there. Me and this other guy had to go set up the Xbox 360s and then hang out and tell people how to play Halo 3, how to play the other games. And we were there hanging out with DJ Irie. It was freaking cool. And some other DJ, popular DJ that, that uh, is famous in Miami, some Spanish dude. But yeah, this is what Aaron Greenberg's, you know, he does. There's nothing wrong with that. All industries do it, right? They want popular people to showcase their brand. All industries do it. Sony does it. So there's no reason to doubt that Microsoft, I mean, that Xbox would do it again. And they are. All of a sudden, you're seeing people talk about Game Pass and this, you know, and I'm talking about websites, journalists, IGN, where all of a sudden three IGN writers back-to-back -back are basically saying the same thing and then putting down the PlayStation. See, that's the thing. They can easily talk positively about Game Pass without putting down the competition. Easily. But you know what? If they came out and solely mentioned Game Pass, their article would not generate any attention they have to throw in playstation and it needs to be anti-playstation so for example one fool said you know that he has a playstation 5 he has an xbox series and he hasn't played his xbox 5 in months because every night he's playing something on game pass on his xbox series x why did he have to say that? He couldn't have just said, you know what? I've been playing games on my Game Pass subscription and X1 Series X basically every night. I'm glad I bought it. He didn't have to bring in PlayStation 5. So once he did that, he became a target. And I explained earlier to, to extremists from both sides and people like me who want to know Exactly why. Why do you think that? And so, not too long after, two other IGN editors or, uh, what do you call them? Writers, right? Two other IGN writers came out and said basically the same shit. And it was like, wait a minute, what's going on? Why all of a sudden IGN, Forbes, and other websites are suddenly mentioning game pass like within the same time frame and then downplaying playstation so you know there's something going on because there's no reason for them to bring in the competition so today i asked that question because i'm sure somewhere in this conversation in this particular episode i said i was having a conversation with, with tony and a few people jumped in. Nobody was getting hostile or, you know, I didn't have to curse anybody out. But there was one guy who was saying, you know, 
um, yeah, you know, it's been a slow, because Tony said, yeah, you know, this generation hasn't been the best start or whatever. And I'm like, dude, how can you say that about PlayStation when in the first eight months of its existence, there have been five games specifically made for the PlayStation 5. So how can you say that? And I'm talking about Astro's Playroom, Godfall, Returnal, Ratchet and Clank, and I'm missing one. I'm definitely missing another one. It ain't Miles Morales because that's pl uh, cross-platform. I'm missing one. I'm, I'm having a brain fart. So... Tony was like, yeah, but, you know, we didn't have to pick up an Xbox, you know, because I said, you know, Microsoft, I mean, Xbox hasn't done that. Like, they haven't brought anything except for the medium, and that's going to be coming out on PlayStation. So Tony brought out that both consoles really could have came out later. We could say that about every console that launched because, number one, every console that has launched has had a successor. And the success, uh, successor is going to have the larger user base. And Sony as a corporation does not want to lose out. Does not want to cut out support for that large number of users who own a PlayStation 4. That is common sense. That is common practice. That is called keeping your user base happy. Because eventually, especially now... It's hard to find a PlayStation 5 or an Xbox Series. So, eventually, those millions and millions and millions of PlayStation 4 owners will jump ship to the PlayStation 5. So, some other guy came in, and he kind of agreed with both of us. And then, then he, once again, throws in PlayStation into the mix, even though the conversation started with Xbox. And so I asked him, I said, why do people continue to throw in PlayStation 5 when they talk about Xbox? And so let me slow down a bit. So the conversation is during the first eight months, PlayStation 5 has done more for its users. For those who own a PlayStation 5, they have provided next generation experiences even the cross-gen titles like spider-man miles morales those look phenomenal they are noticeably better on the playstation 5. so the xbox with the medium which is a third-party title i don't include it because it's not a game that was developed by one of their studios that showcases the Xbox Series X specifically. All of that, you know, 12 t uh, titty flops, the SSD, none of that is being shown. The power, you know, all of the CUs and all that shit. So during the conversation, the guy says, well, you know, yeah, you know, there's a fact, you know, the facts are, you know, Sony has provided, you know, some games, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, I think both consoles uh, could have had a better launch and both consoles are definitely not ready. And then as a matter of fact, he, as a matter of fact, he put the fact is 
both consoles are not ready or not, you know, as good as they could be. So I told them straight up, I said, stop, stop telling me that your opinion is fact. So stop that. And then I told them, why is it that everybody has to include PlayStation when they talk about Xbox? And the conversation is centered around Xbox. Why do people have to agree that Xbox is not having the best launch, you know, in its history? That for the first eight months, there's nothing that showcases the power of that brand new Xbox Series X. And then you're going to, you know, people are green, but then they throw in PlayStation and say, yeah, neither one of them are doing that good. That sounds like an excuse. It's, it's like when you suck at a game, right? Let's say you suck at basketball and people are like, you know what? We're choosing a pickup game and the reason why we're not picking you is because this guy plays better defense or whatever. And then you point at somebody else and go, yeah, but, it, you know, he's not that good either. <laughs> you know, totally ignoring the fact that the person is specifically talking about you and your skills. You're going to deflect it. So a lot of people are deflecting the, tr the facts. So I told the dude, I said, look, I'm basing my information and my opinion on the same facts you and I both agreed on. And that was that PlayStation is providing more games within the first eight months than Xbox has. I said, so your opinion is one thing and it's cool if you feel that way, but mine are based on the same facts you and I agreed on. And I, you know, and I told him that's it, you know, there's no more we can talk about because he agreed with me. He agreed that the PlayStation has brought out true next-gen games and Xbox hasn't. But then he goes and turns around and say, yeah, but none of them are having a great launch. <laughs> and then I asked him what was the problem with cross-gen titles being a thing at the early stages of a console launch, which people, this is nothing new. I don't understand why people are suddenly bringing this up as an issue. This usually happens within the first three years of a console. So all of a sudden it's a big deal. And when they talk about Xbox as a whole, they bring in PlayStation with cross-platform games again. <laughs> you know, it's like, leave PlayStation out of it. We are not talking about PlayStation. Because as it stands, people are playing Ratchet and Clank, a Rift, a Rift Apart, or Rift Apart. I keep putting a Rift Apart rift apart and you guys aren't and ratchet and clank is a phenomenal game i finished it by the way last night it has the most incredible graphics i've seen in a video game thus far and you're telling me that the one so-called next generation title which is the medium it's going to compete. It comes even close to what we've seen, even Miles Morales. As a matter of fact, and I, and I have to do this, the medium looks like shit when compared to The Last of Us 2, to Ghost of, of Tsushima, 
even to um, infamous second son. <laughs> I mean, it goes back that fucking far. So the medium doesn't even belong in the same conversation with the games that are available for the PlayStation 5, whether they're cross-platform or not. Because the fact is, the SSD is being fully utilized in Miles Morales. Ray tracing, performance mode at 60 frames per second is being utilized for Miles Morales on the PlayStation 5 as well. The loading times and the graphics look better on Sackboy. It's a cross-platform game, but it looks better on the PlayStation 5. All of the cross-platform games that are available on PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5, the edge is significantly favored or pointed towards the PlayStation 5. There's no, eh, it's okay. It looks a little different. No. The loading speeds on Miles Morales is ridiculous. Ridiculous. And let me tell you, Ratchet and Clank, holy crap, you can go from a full stop or you can restart the game. What I did, I closed the application from the, from the home screen, of the PlayStation 5. I started uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake, the new PS5 edition. And by the way, that starts fucking fast as well so i started that and then i went into you know i hit the 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 playstation 5 home menu or the menu button i went to the little uh i forgot what they call that little dock whatever where you can actually look back at the last two or three apps that you've you know you've used i click on ratchet and clank right that just started so freaking quick, uh, quick from where I left off. I did the same thing back to Final Fantasy. Now remember, once you click on Ratchet and Clank, it closes Final Fantasy completely. It's not sitting in the background like quick resume. I switched again. This shit started very quickly. I was like, all right, let's go to a different game. I go to freaking... Disco Elysium, it doesn't start as quickly because there's all these, you know, like uh, different um, pop-up screens that come on before the game even starts. You know, name, name of the studio, all this shit. So the games that are like designed specifically for the PlayStation 5 and that SSD, that input-output technology or that, you know, engineering that, that Mark Cerny did, the difference is so substantial. There's no debating the difference between a game that is built for the PlayStation 5 and a game that is built for the PlayStation 4. There is no debates about it. There is no questioning which one looks better. If it looks the same, nothing. So right now, you cannot put Xbox and PlayStation 5 in the same category. When you're criticizing what Xbox has done with the Xbox Series X, stop throwing in the PlayStation 5. Stop it. <laughs> There's no... You're insulting the PlayStation 5 by throwing it in there. It's the only console carrying the industry right now. 
That's plain and simple. It is carrying the industry. And when those two games, well, three games. Well, as a matter of fact, here's the kicker. On the Xbox side, you're going to have Forza Horizon 5 Flight Simulator. Halo Infinite is slated to come out later this year, but they don't have a solid date. So I'll say there's three games coming out with an asterisk next to Halo Infinite, with the possibility that it might not come out this year. So, so I'm going to give them three specific Xbox-built games that are coming out later this year. But that's still a ways away. <laughs> And then people, people have the odd audacity to say, well, once I'm done with those games, then what? Dude, <laughs> what are you doing now with the Xbox? You're not finishing anything because there's nothing. So I don't understand what logic lies behind that. Somebody said, well, name the games that are coming out when those three games for Xbox come out. I'll wait. I didn't even answer because I was like, you're a fool. Obviously, you haven't been watching any of the PlayStation conferences. There are games almost every month coming out for PlayStation. And no one can ever criticize PlayStation anymore for cross-gen titles because everything coming out this year for Xbox and most of next year is going to be cross-generation games. Me personally, there's nothing wrong with that. As long as there's a significant difference between the two. And Sony is proving that you can develop games and have a legitimate difference between the old and new hardware. Now, when you look at Ratchet and Clank, Rift, I mean, there I go, throwing, you know, the wrong name. Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, when you see that and you see everything as a whole and you see that when there's an exclusive built solely for the PlayStation 5, you see what it's capable of doing. So before I wrap it up, Ratchet and Clank, the sound design, I was playing most of it with headphones on. Do yourself a favor, throw in some headphones and play Ratchet and Clank Rift apart. I might have said Rift in Time earlier. Anyway, so for Rift Apart, use headphones. Do yourself the favor. The sound design is impeccable. I, I stated on Twitter that is, it, the sound design is on par with the visuals. The dialogue is funny as hell, and they've always been funny. All the Ratchet and Clanks have been funny. The story has ups and downs, like emotionally. It has a twist. It has a solid plot. And then you can see there's a sequel coming up. And you know what? With Rivet and Kit, man, those two deserve their own game. They really do. The story arc with Kit, that was good. That was really good. So do yourself a favor, if you own a PlayStation 5, that is the, the one game you must have in your library. I'm telling you, it's, it's a whole new experience. 
one that we paid, you know, in my case, $500 for the disc version of the PlayStation 5. I, that's what I paid for. Games like Ratchet and Clank. An experience I know I cannot get anywhere. So do yourself a favor. Play Ratchet and Clank, Rift Apart with headphones. Uh, put them up. Enjoy the dialogue. Enjoy the sound design. Because you can hear shit behind you because of the the 3D engine that is built into the PlayStation 3. I mean, <clears throat> excuse me, PlayStation 5, sorry. Uh, brain injury, brain injury. So the sound design and the built-in software for, you know, emulated 3D. And then the dialogue. So why am I mentioning the sound design? Because you can literally hear enemies behind you. And it changes with the surface so, for example, there are levels where it's inside of a ship. So, you'll hear, clank, you know, metallic clankings from enemies coming behind you. So, that helps because there's a lot going on sometimes. You have all these freaking projectiles coming at you. You have particle effects from the explosions. You have bolts flying everywhere. I mean, so much is going on. It stays at 60 frames per second with ray tracing. So the, the sound design is important because a game like that where there's so much going on and you, you know, at times you're not going to see the, the enemies, where they're coming from. Hearing where they're coming from is just as important. And then, you know, people are still saying that the dual sense controller for the PlayStation 5 is a gimmick. You know what? You can go suck an egg because feeling... The difference in surfaces that you're walking. Feeling where enemies are shooting. Because in combination with the, the sound design, when you hear vibrations from an explosion or, or a, sh a gun shooting at you, you can feel all that shit. So it helps. And so the combination of sound, sound the controller, the visuals, that is what Sony went for. It, it put me at a place where all three were working and it was beneficial to me because you guys know I have a brain injury. I have brain damage and too much shit going on really confuses me. So I was dying, you know, more than I should have. I was getting mentally fatigued and I couldn't keep up with the action. I had to stop. I would go to sleep. I would, you know, once I woke up from my nap, I didn't go back to it because I had a rest. But not having the sound to assist me, that would have been extra freaking annoying. <laughs> so I'm speaking from a different perspective when I talk about how awesome the sound design is. And if you listen to it, I mean, if you listen to it and play it with headphones, you're going to thank me. <laughs> you really will. So I'm going to wrap it up. You guys let me know what you think or you thought of E3, what you think of Ratchet and Clank, Rift Apart, and what you think of the lineup of games coming out on both consoles, Xbox and PlayStation. Let me know. So anyway, I'm JVB. I'll talk to you guys later. Take care.